0: I'm Patricia Grubarak and I'm Katina Sawyer and welcome to the Worker Being podcast. So today I'm going to be talking about an article around organizational wellness programs. So this is actually talking about formal programs that are within companies. Um, but before we get started, I kind of wanted to see Katina, if you had ever been part of a wellness program or got to experience anything with wellness within a company before. Yeah, so...
1: Um, Actually Villanova had a pretty good wellness program and I think our like HR department won an award for it or something. Um, Mm. But they did a lot of like wellness fairs and awareness of wellness and they did a lot of programs like there was a portal that you could log into where there were like all different kinds of wellness activities like they had meditation, exercise, nutrition based stuff, all different kinds of things that you could take part in that you would get points for. And if you got a certain number of points by the end of the year, you got different rewards like Visa gift cards or things like that. So there was some like incentivizing of wellness, but they also had different like exercise related clubs and nutrition related clubs that you could join as an employee with other employees. They had like healthy cooking classes and they had um, and they were all free, um, which was nice. They offered mindfulness on campus. Um, And you could get points for going to mindfulness uh, meditation during your lunch break. So they actually had like some pretty decent wellness related things. I don't know what GW has now. I have to look into it. But I am getting my flu shot soon, which... Oh I mean that's wellness related it's Good for wellness Yeah
0: Yeah it is How- I need to do that too Yeah It's on my list of things to do too Yeah
1: I hate getting it Because it stings more than other shots And I don't like that But mm-hmm. I don't like the flu more Yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> I agree with that. I, I don't like getting it either. I feel like my arm is like dead for like a day. I'm like, oh, I can't lift you anymore. But um, <laughs> but it's worth it because I agree. I'd rather have a dead arm for a day than have the flu for a week. Ugh, that's yeah, like the worst. Very true. What about you? Did you ever work for a company that had really good wellness program? Um, Interestingly, I mean... Some of the companies that I've, like, since I've left, I've seen that they've put in good programs, mm-hmm. um, but, like, you know, when I was there, like, the first organization I worked for it was relatively small, and it was kind of, like, starting to get its feet wet in wellness programs. I would say that they had a really good culture, so that helped in and of itself, um, and they, you know, did, like, little thing, little activities to, like, promote wellness, like, group activities, like, team building things, like, um you know, having healthy lunches and and things like that, but nothing really formal when I was there. But now since then I think they've formalized a program more so. Um and then when I was working at the healthcare company before this current job, they did have uh what would be called a fitness only wellness program. So the article will talk talks about that versus like a comprehensive wellness program. So they had a fitness only program where they actually had a gym in the building um, that any employee can go to. And so it was, you know, they had some classes as well. You could go to yoga or spinning or whatever. Um, and then you had access to the gym and the showers and all of that. So you had, um, free fitness, which, um, is obviously also a very important type of wellness program, but they didn't have a ton more when I was there. I do know that they were starting to implement, um, kind of what you were talking about, like a points based program, but I left before it was actually implemented. I just, I just knew it was coming because I was within the HR department. Um, but I I didn't actually get to experience it. And then in my current role, you know, everyone's remote and honestly, there's really not a lot of really formal wellness activities. Um, besides, you know, what kind of comes with insurance. So I don't know if, for those people that are listening or if you have ever experienced this, but like a lot of insurance companies that when you have like a, an organizational, um, funded insurance plan, then they usually have some sort of tools and resources that you can leverage on their website or an app or whatever. So like we have all that, of course, with our, with our insurance policies. Um, but nothing that I'm aware of specifically, um, and that could just be kind of being out of touch, being remote, and I know my team was acquired a few years ago by the bigger company, so maybe there's something that that they do at at headquarters or something that we just haven't, hasn't trickled down to us yet. I'm not sure, but I haven't really experienced a lot of them, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I feel like um, they're starting to become, maybe it was just like you were working for places before the wave of like wellness programs being more popular happened. Um, because it seems mm-hmm. like if you were at places before and then they started getting them, probably it's not that they just got them because you left.
0: <laughs> now that Patricia's like, gone, oh, thank goodness she's gone, <laughs> we
1: can roll out the good stuff. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> no, um, but I think that that probably was just about, like, the timing of when people started to recognize wellness as being more important in the workplace. Um, Mm -hmm. I will say that uh, most academic institutions do give you a free gym pass. Like, so I could go to the gym for free at GW or Villanova. It'll be a little different at GW uh, I think and I'd be more inclined to use the gym there but Villanova was a pretty small school and the thing that kind of stunk about that is just like you don't really want to be like in the gym next to the students from your class like it's like a little bit of a mm-hmm. in, uh, weird dynamic so but with GW being a larger university I think maybe that would diffuse some you'd be less likely to see someone you knew um, so maybe I would yeah. use it moving forward but they do have free gym memberships as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, I remember I, ugh. I even remember that at Penn State when um we had the free gym memberships as grad students. Sometimes I felt funny because even though Penn State's a huge school, I saw a few of the students that I was a TA for and I was like, "Oh, my, I don't want you to see me like <laughs> I this. I don't know why. It, I don't even know why. Like, why is it a big deal? Like, you're just sweaty. But, like, for some reason, it just feels funny. I totally agree. Well, it feels, like, um, unprofessional.
1: It feels like you, like, don't mm-hmm. want, that you want them to, like, only see you in, like, one mode. You don't want them mm-hmm. to, like, know that you exist outside of that room.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I totally, I get that. I agree. We ended, I ended up going to the the why that was, closer to my apartment anyways um instead because it was we got like crazy cheap student pricing like when I say crazy cheap I mean like insane like it costs like I don't even know like five dollars a month or something yeah. really stupid like something so small <laughs> that I now I'm looking at why I pay for gyms and I'm like oh can I go back to that because the YMCA there was really nice yeah they had classes um it was awesome so that's what I ended up doing because I didn't want to see my my students, and that was at a huge university. So I totally get where you're coming from with that. Yeah, I, uh,
1: I don't always want uh, to be working out near people that I know and feel like, related to in that way. But on the flip side, it is a nice thing. Maybe I just need to get over it. But it seems like maybe um, academic institutions have a little bit more control. Like you were saying, you work remotely. So companies that have remote workers or global employees or things like that might have a little bit of a harder time. Like, university campuses tend to be a little more contained. So it's probably easier for them Mm. to have more comprehensive wellness programs and, like, touch more employees because – they're kind of more
0: centralized. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it totally just depends on um the situation that you're in and and what the company's organized like. I know that you know a lot of companies that have maybe stricter work from home policies um often have a lot more um Stuff on their campuses, right? Because they kind of almost function similarly to university. Like you think of Google and you think of their giant campus, and that campus has like all these different things. Um, but they're generally, a lot of people at Google generally work in the office. They're a lot less likely to let people work from home. And we know that working from home has its benefits. And we also know that these types of programs have their benefits. So uh, it'd be nice to see in the future organizations kind of bridging the gap between the two right being able to provide good programs for people that are not just in the office yeah um, but it is harder definitely because you don't as i think it's it's an expense right it's an expense to provide free gym memberships across the country or the world um, versus you have a facility that you just run that one facility and obviously that costs some money but it's probably more upfront and a little bit of maintenance versus every single month paying every single person's membership fees
1: yeah that makes sense. Um, so what does the article that you are going to be reading for us today say about wellness programs? So I'm curious to hear what the article is and then like maybe some high level takeaways before we delve into the details, but it'd be cool to hear what. Um, the research says on this topic because I haven't actually read a whole lot on wellness programs specifically. So, this is a cool article to delve into.
0: Yeah, there's actually not a crazy amount of research on wellness programs. And I think it probably has to do with the time piece that you talked about how maybe they're just more, um, you know, they're, they're a little more recent in, in terms of people implementing them. So, I think there's just a lot less work out there because of things like that. But this article, it was published in 2008 in the Journal of Occupational Health Psychology by Parks and Steelman. And it's called Organizational Wellness Programs, a Meta-Analysis. So it's actually a meta-analysis looking at multiple studies. So um, from our previous episodes, maybe some of you remember, but a meta-analysis is basically a big review of a number of different studies. You take all the data from all of these studies and you look to see what's happening across all the studies so that you can kind of get a better sense of of the effects that you're finding in this in this in the results, right? You want to see like across all this research what's going on. But to the point that we were making about how maybe these types of studies are a little bit less frequent, there were only 17 studies that were included in this meta-analysis. Um, so that's quite a bit of data, um, but it's still relatively small. A lot of meta-analyses might have, you know, 50, 60, 70 studies, and it's only had 17. So it is kind of a newer area of research. Maybe um, just it's not as deep as some of the other topics that we've discussed. But the main takeaway so like just super high level employees that participate in wellness programs are less likely to miss work for it's what's called absenteeism so for things like being ill um you know not showing up to work for one reason or another and they're also more likely to be satisfied in their jobs so being a person that actually partakes in the programs that are available to you um helps both the organization because you're there, and you because you're feeling better about your job and you're happier where you are. That's cool. So um this gives good reason for companies
1: to offer wellness programs and for people to take part in them when they're offered. Um, I'm curious in the article how they defined wellness programs or what kinds of programs fit the criteria. Because I know we just talked mm-hmm. about a whole bunch of different kinds of programs and offerings the companies have. So I'd be curious to see what kinds they included in their study.
0: Yeah, so that's a great question. And I actually wrote down their definition because I thought it was helpful. Um, so wellness programs, they were considered a wellness program if it was an on or off-site service that was sponsored by the company that attempts to promote good health or to identify and correct potential health-related problems. Um, so they had two different types of programs. that were fitness only, as I mentioned before. So these are programs where the company is paying for off-site memberships, or they actually provide um, some sort of health center, fitness center, um, classes, et cetera, at the location of the organization. And then they also had the second category of programs, which was comprehensive is what they called it. And it includes a fitness component. So it included things like those gym memberships or potentially um, a gym on site and an educational component. So these are things like nutrition classes or stress reduction classes or meditation classes. So things where you're learning about maybe some science behind health and wellness, or you're learning some tools and some some tricks to, to help you um, improve in one way or another. They also looked at education only programs. So programs where a company didn't pay for fitness classes or a membership to a gym, just those types of educational pieces, but there weren't enough studies to include in the meta-analysis. There was very few organizations that just did that education piece. Um, Most companies did either a fitness piece or the comprehensive one that included fitness and some sort of educational component.
1: So it sounds like uh, when we were thinking about the examples that we used before that the wellness program that I was talking about at Villanova, and again, I don't know what GW has because I haven't I've only been there for a couple months and I haven't I've barely like learned how to get into my office, let alone um, (laughs) what (laughs) wellness programs they have. I have to figure that out. But uh, but the one that I had at Villanova sounds like it was comprehensive because they gave me a gym membership. Um, They offered fitness classes on campus, but I also was able to participate in nutrition classes. Uh, health related uh, like clubs or groups and I was able to um, you know have uh, health screenings on campus if I wanted to and I had access to health coaches and things of that nature so it seems like they were addressing a lot more than just the fitness component so I, I had a comprehensive program it sounds
0: like. Yep. That's exactly right. Yours was definitely comprehensive. Um, the one that the healthcare company I was talking about that had the gym, mine was, that was fitness only. Um, so two examples right there of those types of programs. And they the study talked a lot about like why companies are implement programs. So, you know, they were just looking at the different studies to see if the Researchers had listed any reasons as to why those companies were doing that, and the main reasons why companies implement these programs were to improve employee health, because um, they will obviously healthy employees is positive, but and also to reduce that employee absenteeism or employees not coming to work because of sickness specifically. Um, so they just want to make sure that their employees are healthy so that they can actually come in and work on the job. So they didn't care as much about job satisfaction in terms of what people were saying, but. Um, that's just like a happy, uh, accident, I guess that job satisfaction is also really important. So obviously researchers cared about job satisfaction, but companies weren't thinking that next step. They were just thinking we want people to be healthy. Cool.
1: That's awesome. So there are some good impacts, uh, there for both the employee and that should have some long-term implications for the company as well from a performance standpoint. And you already mentioned absenteeism. Um, so that's a, a good, Bang for your buck in terms of ROI. Did they talk? So, in the article, um, you mentioned that people are less likely to be absent. Uh, When they participate in wellness programs Did the article talk at all about whether or not That's because the folks who participated In the programs just felt Better about their workplace And they were more engaged in their work or did they Make any kind of assertion About whether or not it was because they were just Happier to work there or if it was because they actually Were feeling like physically better Or is that an area that we still need research On
0: I think it's an area that we definitely Need more research on some of the studies That were included in the meta-analysis were Looking at what was the absentee reason so if it was illness related it would count but generally across all these studies it's just blanket absenteeism so people are showing up for for work and that could be like you said related to a number of things um there's some kind of anecdotal pieces of the study that talked about how employees some employees say that they view their employer more positively when they have these types of programs in place so to your point you know not only are they happier at their jobs but they're happier with their employer and maybe they're just showing up because they're happier and they're more engaged in in the organization that they're working for um so it may or may not be illness related um that is definitely an, an area that I'm I hope other studies have started to look at um but this one didn't really dive into that in a lot of detail
1: yeah I mean I think also it could be and I don't know this is just from my personal experience but Like let's say you're somebody who wants to practice mindfulness and you also want to have some kind of an exercise routine um, and you want to, you know, learn how to eat more nutritiously. Like you may have to go to three different places to get that kind of uh, guidance or content. Um, in order to make those choices and if you're trying to do that on a daily basis or trying to squeeze that in on a daily basis it might actually just make you more tired because you have to like think harder about how to seek that out and get yourself back and Mm -hmm. forth to more places Uh, um, so if your workplace is providing that all in one spot it might also cut down on just some of the back and forth activities or the like you know brain power needed to find or locate that information um, that could be adding to your exhaustion if you're already feeling stressed from work so it could also be that it's just like making things a little easier for people so that they're not so tired and feeling more energized when it's time to go to work
0: yeah I think that's a really good point because it's I mean, it could be so many different things as to why people are showing up and why people are happier where they are. And I think, yeah, one piece could be kind of, it's almost like a work-life balance, right? You're being provided a bunch of resources, so then you can, you don't have to focus on finding those resources yourself. They're there. You can handle that part of your life um, with the resources provided by your job, and then you can go home and you can take a bath or play with your kids or whatever other activity outside of your health related activities um your physical health related activities that you might have to seek out and like you said drive to commute to etc to to handle all of that which would take time away from the additional like more um be more fun self-care activities like getting a facial or I don't know Something like that. (laughs) Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, so that's really cool. So, and I know that like absenteeism is a big issue in organizations in terms of time lost and costing issues. So, um, I think one of the big things coming out is that, you know, companies should probably see wellness programs not just as an investment in employee health because it's something nice for employees, but also as something that actually can help them recoup some costs, both with regard to caring for health in employees, but also for making sure that, uh, you know, they're not having a bunch of people taking sick days or personal days or whatever the case may be.
0: Yeah. And I think that's really important to bring up is that this meta-analysis, every study that they looked at had to have participants in the program and non-participants. So in some cases, it was like um, a company was rolling it out and to do a study, they didn't allow maybe some people to participate in the program for the first three months and then they can join in afterwards just so they could do, have a comparison group. In some cases it was just naturally that some people just choose not to participate. Um, cause you can imagine like not everybody is on the healthcare plan at a company. They might not all want to be part of that gym. Maybe they're like us and feel weird in front of their students. <laughs> so they're not going, you know? So, um, it was comparing, I was always comparing people that were using, the resources and people that were not. Um, so I think that's really important because it, it implies too that having a program in place is not the only thing that matters. What matters is that people are using it and taking advantage of it. Um, so it's, you know, obviously you might help employees view you as a company better if you have something in place, even if they're not using it, but it doesn't really have any strong effects until they start to use it. So I think that this study is also showing that implementation and like getting people on board and and actually taking advantage of what's in front of them is really really important to help your employees see those benefits which it makes sense right if someone's not going to the gym just because it's available it doesn't mean they're going to be more fit so um it does make sense it's just I think something really interesting to call out that people need to participate to see these results yeah
1: I think that makes sense because um and I think from an employee perspective, it's good to remember too, because when you're getting recruited by a new job, they often talk to you about the benefits that you get and you're like, oh, that sounds awesome. This sounds awesome. And you get really excited about it. And then you get into the flow of the organization and you end up not using a bunch of stuff. So I think it's also mm-hmm. good for employees to like remember that you, know, you were excited about those things when you got recruited for a reason and that... Just having them there and being like, well, my company's so nice that they give me these things isn't enough to give you the actual benefit of utilizing them. So it's not like I work for this great company and I feel really good about it because they have these things. It's also like, well, that's great, but if you're not using it, it doesn't really matter. So from an employer perspective, communicating to employees, frequently what's available to them and encouraging people to use those resources you're spending money on it so might as well get the most out of it and also from an Mm -hmm. employee perspective revisiting what your employer offers and making sure that you're taking full advantage of those programs because otherwise you know you're gonna lose that opportunity to benefit from wellness perspective
0: yeah I think that like the wellness fair you had talked about at Villanova is a good example like having that you know maybe once I don't know once a year or twice a year where you can re- like do some sort of fun activity to present to the employees. Hey, remember, we have these things going on. If you're not using it, you still can, or look at this new program where we're, we're um, implementing so that you can have like these little events and different things that, you know, HR, whoever's putting these programs in place can run that can encourage people to get excited and start to use the programs. Um, I think you're right that organizations have to communicate what they're offering but I also think managers can have a big impact here, too, because, you know, they are the ones that manage your time to some extent. So you could if you're a manager, you can encourage your employees like, hey, you know, we have that great gym downstairs. Like, feel free to come in, um, you know, and go to use it during lunch or like say, hey, I like to come in early and take advantage. And the showers are great. You know, talk about your own experience, about using some of the tools um, and the programs that are available. I think that can help. I think really just um, being able to encourage other people to use the programs as a manager can help your team because then your team's going to be happier. Your team's going to be more likely to show up and be there. Um, So I think that there's a lot a manager can do as well without getting too like overbearing, of course, like maybe someone doesn't. Want to go to the gym because they can't run and they feel weird running in front of people. Like you don't have to force it. But um, I think just encouraging the group and maybe even, you know, you could even pull people like in your team, say, hey, like, does anybody want to go to a meditation class together as a team? And if people are interested, they can go. And that kind of encourages participation too.
1: Yeah. Role modeling the behaviors is probably important for managers because if leaders aren't doing it, then other people probably won't either.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I think it's really key that, that managers, um, take a big part of this as well. So employees, as you're listening and you're thinking through the programs that you have available to you, you should take advantage. Managers should take advantage and kind of encourage others to to participate. And then organizations just need to communicate it. Like besides obviously offering programs, communicating the offerings is huge. It's really, really important.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of times people think about, well, if I participate in these things, it's going to take time away from my job or it's going to take time away from things that I could be investing, time I could be investing in other things. But this is showing that actually in the long run, you'll be out of work more frequently. So you'll be missing whole days of work um, over time as opposed to putting in a little bit of time each day to really keep up with your wellness. It's just like preventative care and medicine. Like, you know, you can go to the doctor and make sure that you're well every year for your wellness checkup, and then you're less likely to have some huge problem down the line. But if you miss those preventative mm-hmm. visits and you only go once every five years, by the time you get there in year five, you may have had some big problem for years that you find out about, and now it's this big thing that you need to address, as opposed to putting a little bit of time in each time and making sure that you're addressing it uh, more in real time. So I think that that, you know, is one of those things that, Often it seems like uh, it's going to take extra time um, away from your job, but in the long term you may lose more time because you're sick, you're not feeling well, you're feeling exhausted, et cetera. So participating is helpful to you from a health perspective and from a productivity perspective.
0: Exactly. And a satisfaction perspective. Like I think the job satisfaction piece is also really key. So not only are you more likely to be in in the office, but you're more likely to be happy about your job. And We've talked so many times on our website and in different episodes about being happy and how that how important that is for your overall well-being, right? You want to feel happy. You want to be in a positive place. Um, and if you can just participate in some wellness programs, which means doing something that could be pretty fun and – and reap that benefit like you really should do that like you're going to be able to feel happier in your role because you have these programs in place that you're taking advantage of um so I think that's huge too it's not only you're healthier going to be there and working but you're happier being there and working yeah which is awesome so I think you
1: know a lot of times and a lot of what we talk about on the podcast is just about investing time in you and recognizing that that time is valuable for you, not just from a personal perspective, but from a work perspective. And so if your company is giving you free resources to do that, make it a part of your schedule, make it a part of something that you'd participate in um, on a regular basis because it's a free benefit to you. It's something that, you know, makes you know, your financial life easier because you're getting free access to these things or discounted access to these things. Um, And it's something that helps you actually to be better, more centered, more able to focus on your work. So um, instead of seeing wellness programs as a distraction, I think it's good for people to think about it as something that actually
0: really enhances their work life. 100% agree. Well, I mean, it's pretty straightforward article. I think it has a lot of um, good takeaways. Did you have any questions for me before we kind of wrap up this episode? No,
1: I think, you know, what I've learned is that companies should invest time and energy in wellness programs and employees should take advantage of them. And, um, you know, if ever people have a question or if they're trying to pitch a wellness program to their company um that this might be a good way uh having people listen to this or read this article may be a good way to help people to convince uh management that this would be a good thing for the business and uh the employee can can have a little win for themselves
0: because it'll make them happier too yeah yes definitely big wins for everybody involved um well Thanks for listening to my article. And if any of you listeners want to reach out and let us know what your thoughts are or you know any wellness programs that you think were particularly great that you've experienced, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you can reach us on our website, which is workerbeing.com. You can email us at workerbeing at gmail.com. And you can reach us on social media. We're on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at WorkerBeing. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Worker Being podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabar and Katina Sawyer and produced by Allie Johnson.